Good morning and welcome to Wake Up With Marcy, a show of hope and inspiration. Being that it is Alcohol Awareness Month, Wake Up With Marcy has some incredible stories of strength and hope. I sit down with serial entrepreneur, author, and philanthropist, Alyssa Scott. She has been coined the tea lady. Alyssa shares with us how to turn our negative circumstances around, become a believer in ourselves, and how we can move to kindness. Today, we will also learn how one comedian is using the power of comedy to spread the word on sobriety. John Lear is a comedic performer, writer, and producer working in television, film, and theater. John created, co-wrote, executive produced, and starred in 10 Items or Less from Sony on TBS for three seasons and on Hulu's original comedy western, Quick Draw, for two seasons. John shares with us his journey to sobriety and the message of his comedy show, Cold Sober Comedy. Lastly, we get some guidance with the overwhelming world of digital marketing and learn more about ChatGPT with Ann Ahola Ward, CEO of Circle Click. Now let's meet my incredible guest and move towards a life of happiness. My next guest went from homeless to millionaire. Let's all welcome Alyssa Scott to Wake Up With Marcy. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. It's an absolute honor to meet you today, all the way from Australia. I know. Incredible to have you on. And thank you for sharing your story and the success of your life today and, and encouraging us. And, and it's amazing. So let's talk a little bit about your story. So you are a survivor of domestic violence, homelessness, bullying, alcoholism, drug use, and three attempted suicides. So let's talk about how you went from this place, rock bottom, to an incredibly successful entrepreneur. I know I'm, um, it's a very interesting journey and uh, I decided not to be a victim to my circumstances and there was always something in the back of my mind. There was always someone worse off than me. And um, I used to lie on the ground, look up at the clouds and wonder what else is out there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's been a massive journey. And, you know, I'm really grateful, Marcy, for mm-hmm. the experience because reflecting back, because I'm turning 55 in April, re- reflecting back on my life, if I didn't have those experiences, I wouldn't have been able to work with the homeless all over the world with my own charity um, and have boundaries. I'm just able to walk in any door and see what's going on there. And I created the most amazing life out of adversity. Yes. And never did. gave up. You, absolutely. And I'm not I'm not impressed. I'm not impressed with my suicide attempts. And that was probably the lowest of low and I know you understand that when alcohol is your best friend yes yeah and 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 masking all that that you went through but you shared little uh, a story uh in the book that you are a part of and I just wanted to share about that because you touched on it and when you were laying, you, you had been locked out of your house. Your your parents had locked mm-hmm. you out. Your father was an alcoholic and partying on, and yes. locked you out. And you were laying on the front lawn. Yeah. 
and you were looking up at the stars and you were saying, God, there has to be something more. And yes, yeah, tell us about that moment. I, okay, so uh, one of the particular times, the fear and what I've actually seen in my life, um, nothing scares me now. Mm-hmm. And, and you understand that because when you live with such emotional, physical torture day in, day out, and when I was on the concrete curled up as a young nine-year-old shaking and holding my breath so I wouldn't be found, um, that no one should have to endure what I've seen, who I've met, and the absolute fear that we both went through. Uh, and I've come to the realisation, and I wanted to share this with you because I think it's quite powerful. Um, I never believed in God because um, I pray real hard, please, please take me away from this, let me escape, I want to be free. And back then there wasn't a lot of services for women escaping domestic violence as there is today. And I, I was very disappointed praying to God and he never came. And it was only a realisation in the last couple of years that that was their journey. They were the capsules to bring me to earth and he couldn't come because I had to have those experiences mm-hmm. so I can then work with the homeless, the less fortunate. So let's talk yes. about Unlock Your Feminescence Code. What did you think of the experience? Oh, it was the most crazy experience because we became number one Amazon bestseller. We won four categories for women and we knocked Michelle Obama off first place. That's pretty phenomenal. Incredible. Yeah, I know. It was just insane. And it was just gorgeous recently. The 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 book that we have, um, I'm so proud. It was written within the arms of 19 other women within this publication. I love this because it's, it's like telling the stories and, and uh, almost a workbook, how to help people, women, um, through whatever they're going through, through these stories and, and the action items that you, you offer in the book. So I also want to talk about this new venture of yours. And you've been coined the tea lady, which I love. And But what I love about the tea is that it helps women in menopause. So you're helping women all over the world. Can you share with us about that? Thank you so much. So I had a dream and I think God basically sent this incredible creation. And I woke up. I'm so proud to let you know that I'm the first woman in the world to bring out a tea for menopause. Incredible. Uh, happy seven years old. It's been, you know, when I started, Marcy, I wanted to be number one in the world. Get out of my way. HRT, watch out. I'm coming for you. And um, I still am coming for you. <laughs> <laughs> I only have one dream. I only have one dream for this tea now. And mm-hmm. that is when you go and see your special, your GP, it's not all about HRT. Please showcase natural alternatives and please showcase Chinese medicine and give a woman an alternative choice. And Mm. I felt being number one, yes, that was the goal. However, it's been the journey in seven years. I have met 
the most incredible women in the hardest times of their lives. I love yes. it. I'm, I'm definitely going to try it because I, I still, oh, uh, I still have hot flashes and all. So I, I know that I am definitely going to be to be using uh, your tea going forward. So where can we find you? Oh, thank you so much. So my website is www.menopausejusttforTommy.com. Well, thank amazing. you so much for having me. Yes, so wonderful having you. Continued success. And, you know, you are so right. You had to go through what you went through to now help so many people out there. So just keep shining bright like you are. Yeah, all over the world. And it's about us. World peace. And you take care of yourself over there. Thank and much you. much love. Thank you, Alyssa. Same to you. After the break, we learn how comedian John Lear is using comedy to spread his message about sobriety. We now learn how comedian John Lear is using comedy to spread his message about sobriety. Welcome, John. Hi. Good morning. So great to have you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. Yeah. So we're going to talk about an important issue. And um, I wanted to ask you, when, like, right, we're doing, we're using recreational, right? When did you decide or realize that it had passed a point of using drugs and alcohol rec recreationally and it was more of an addiction? Uh, well, I, I mean, looking back, I think I knew way before I stopped and I certainly had like most addicts and alcoholics, I had lots of family and friends, uh, you know, giving me, uh, <laughs> their take on it, yeah. which was absolutely correct. But until you're ready, you're ready. I, I don't know why that is, but that's the way it is. I, I was arrested for uh, possession of narcotics uh, and, uh, uh, in Ventura County. And that was kind of, that was the end. Uh, but I don't know at the time I thought I, it, that it had just gotten so bad that I had to do something about it. Um, but the further, and I stopped using right then. And that's, that was 26 years ago, but the further away I get from that time, the more, the less I think I had a lot to do with it. And the more I think, um, that, you know, the, the universe that, was, sure. that yeah. was involved. Yeah. And, and I feel the same way. You know, people ask me like, what was, you know, what was the rock bottom? When did you decide to do it? And it's like, well, I've been thinking about it for a long time. Like you don't just decide yeah. one morning, like, oh, I got a problem. So yeah, right. there's, a, there's a lot to it. And, and it's so true. Uh, for anyone yeah. out there and, and anyone that is dealing with this, uh, it, the person has to make the decision on their own. So there's nothing really anyone can do that will make someone else make that decision, right? That's right. I yeah. mean, I, I understand that people who are outside the attic, who are in the attic's, you know, yes. uh, universe who want to try to help and, you know, and, and certainly they can point them in directions and, Right. Uh, but in the end, yeah, it's a personal thing. It is. And um, until you kind of surrender to that, you're just sort of lost at sea. 
And I love, yeah, surrender. I love talking about surrendering and how that does change your life. So you talked about deciding to change or, or stop. So what treatment worked for you? Uh, well, I got into a 12-step program and that was probably, that, that was the, the impetus. Um, but, but since that time, I've been involved in the recovery community and I've seen all kinds of ways in for people. So, um, uh, there's many paths, many paths and, um, there's, you know, everybody seems to find their own. My best friend who I drank with in, uh, in high school, uh, you know, he was able to stop using martial arts and therapy and, and he's been sober as long as I have. So, uh, there's no right way, but I think if you're playing the percentages, uh, I would look for a path that's wide that seems to, you know, have helped a lot of people. That's a good, a good way in. Exactly. So I feel, I mean, there's something else going on, right? You're masking pain in most cases, if you're using drugs and alcohol, right. And it's gotten to a place of addiction. Uh, so getting to the source instead of just using the, the Band-Aid, the coping mechanism, like, and that's a bad Band-Aid, you know, using drug and alcohol. Yeah. But, but, yeah, that's- I mean, you know, the reason I stopped using drugs and alcohol is because they weren't working anymore. That, exactly. I mean, that's basically it. It was yeah. causing more damage in my life than helping my uh, <clears throat> my depression. I no- found that being of service you know, was the, uh, <laughs> the meaning of life. And I think, uh, alcoholics and addicts are v- ultimately we're very selfish people and it's not, uh, we just focus on ourselves and there's a lot of pain going on there and, and it makes sense, but it's kind of counterintuitive to get out of that pain, uh, is to actually look to others and be there for others. And that's been like the real medicine that's helped me. Yes. And that so means- that's what I found the, you know, with doing comedy, you know, that's right. one of many ways that I try to be of service. I'm also a dad, which comes in handy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, and, and the most important job, right? I'm a mother myself, but so let's talk about comedy and using comedy as your messaging. Well, I mean, comedy is such a essential, like human quality, you know, us laughing and particularly laughing at ourselves. And sometimes things that are so dark can only be addressed through comedy. And that sounds crazy. And, and uh, it's, but, you know, things that are just so hard to bear by laughing at them, uh, we can, we can somehow walk into that space, you know, and I, and laughing at myself, I mean, I'm, losing my mind, you know, and my alcoholism is coming out, even though I'm, I'm sober, it it comes out in other ways. My crazy brain, you know, I cut somebody off in traffic or, uh, you know, I, I say something I wish I hadn't, or I hit a reply all to an email (laughs) that I should not have, you know, being able to sort of see myself and laugh at that at myself is instantaneous. Like it just gets me out of it and I'm back you know, and, um, and then I can clean up the mistakes, but, um, I'm not in free fall anymore. Let's talk about the show cold, sober comedy. And where, where can we see the show? And like, was it cathartic for you? And 
what was you know what was that like for you to prepare that? I, I mean, it, yeah, yeah. It, well, getting getting sober really changed my life, and I had always used my drug addiction uh, and my recovery in comedy for the past, ever since I got sober, I've always talked about it because that's who I am. You know, that's what, that's what I talk about. And I mean, I talk about being a dad and all kinds of things, but, but you know, it it was a definite (laughs) major component of my life. And I was asked to uh, MC and perform at a charity event for a recovery center, a really uh, infamous one called Karen, uh, C-A-R-O-N that's been around forever. Mm. They're amazing. Yeah. And they asked me to come out to Atlanta to, you know, do a half hour of comedy and and help them raise some money. And I, I just loved it. And and through word of mouth, I've been asked to do quite a few of those um, all over the country. Amazing. And I still do comedy in clubs and stuff. And I I write for television. But but those doing something like that where you're raising money and awareness for groups that are helping people. Um, you know, it's just, it's, it's a great feeling and I yeah. love doing it. Yeah. I myself have just started doing that also. So tell us a little bit about Speed Bump and uh, you, <laughs> you're, yeah, you, you're writing it with Jay Martell. You're a successful writer and a longtime friend of yours. Yeah. Jay Martell is an amazing writer. He uh, wrote, uh, he was the showrunner for Key and Peel. He's got a Peabody and an Emmy award. I mean, he's, you know, shit writer. Yeah. Yeah, he he wrote. He and I have been friends and neighbors since our daughters were babies. We met when they were both infants in the park, and they're now both sixteen and still best friends. So we've gone through a lot together, and living in the same neighborhood in Los Feliz has been fascinating. And he wrote this amazing play about two friends. Uh, I play one; he plays the other. And one of them, his character, decides he wants to put a speed bump in the middle of the street. And that triggers a series of events that leads to insanity. I love it. So is the play out? And tell us where we can find you. Okay. If you're in Southern California, uh, come on out to uh, see Speed Bump. It's at the LA Dance Project Studio, which is this awesome uh, theater at five, uh, 2245 East Washington Boulevard in LA. Uh, you can get all the information and ticks at www.speedbumptheplay.com. How exciting. Well, John, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your story. And, you know, it's just so great to be able to share and let people know that they're not alone and how you got through it and, you know, continued success. Thank you so much. It's great to talk with a fellow traveler. Yeah. So, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Good luck out there. All right, Thanks John, for having too. me. Thank you. Bye-bye. When we come back, we learn more about ChatGPT with Ann Ahol Award, CEO of CircleClick. Now speak with Ann Ahola Ward, CEO of Circle Click. Welcome to the show, Ann. Thank you so much for having me. I love that you're on the show because digital marketing, social media, all these things that we need to know about and use for our businesses and life to get our message out there. 
And now we have ChatGPT. So I'm so glad you're going to be on to educate us and help us along. Absolutely. I'm excited to talk about it. It's sweeping the nation. Absolutely. So <laughs> let's talk about that. What is ChatGPT? It is nothing more than a generative AI chatbot. So it developed by a company named OpenAI. All it does is respond to prompts. So you ask it questions. You, as a developer, could ask it to debug your code. It is just a sort of signals a sea change from structured AI, which was what we're used to with customer service chatbots that give us canned responses based on keywords. It's kind of following a script. The, the change here is that it's now generating responses based on larger pools of data. Okay, so for instance, if we go on a website and we have a question, right? So that'll come up, what's your question? And then they have key questions and then they'll kind of answer those from your response. But with the chat GPT, there will be a broader scope of the conversation. Yeah. Yeah, it'll generate a unique response based on what you're asking versus before where it was more scripted. Right. So you will, I mean, everybody knows when they got a customer service, they weren't talking to a real person. This is a more believable version. <laughs> I gotcha. I gotcha. And, and, and maybe you will actually get to your answer. <laughs> so, so let's talk about why it matters. Why do we need the change? Well, I think that this is a huge tipping point for AI. This is absolutely the fastest growing app in all of history. They hit, analysts say that they've hit 100 million active users in just two months. And as a frame of reference, TikTok to get to the same amount of users took nine months. So what are all the ways that we can use ChatGPT? Well, I will tell you on Valentine's Day, my husband used it to write me a love song. Uh, which I thought was funny. Um, and you can use it to, uh, you know, students are using it to write papers and, and cheat on their homework, which I, I find kind of funny, but you know, it's obviously not a great thing to do, but uh, <laughs> don't can tell my daughter things. that. <laughs> I know students are kind of figuring it out, but I think there are going to be tools to detect. So I think, I don't think that's going to last too long. Sorry, kids. Yeah. Uh, but you can also have interesting conversations. Um, you know, unexpected, interesting conversations in a level that we have not seen before, which makes it fun. So chat GPT, is that going to be a threat to Google? I think that they're feeling the heat right now. They definitely have come out in response. I do think that long term, there are going to be, you know, changes in search engines based on the popularity of chat GPT. Uh, but I also think that most people don't realize Google's been on the forefront of AI for a very long time. Um, yeah. You know, you've been using me. it. Yeah, I, I do think, though, that they are very well aware of it and they're responding by trying to show their own tools. But I don't think that they're going away overnight. I don't think that's where we are, but it's definitely caught their attention. Well, let's talk about you. How are you helping others to in their businesses or expand in their messaging? Well, as a SEO, so a search engine optimization expert, I've been using AI tools for a very long time. 
because we've had it, it by way of search engines. So Google Select, for example, you start typing in a search query, it's automatically populating what he thinks the rest of it is, for example. So what would you say to someone out there that's about to, you know, start, right? We're never going to be perfect. We got to just start. And what are maybe some key things that we really need to make sure that we're doing? Well, I think number one is know your competitive landscape. You'd be amazed how many companies start without actually doing competitive research. Mm -hmm. uh, the next is smart partnering. You don't have to go it alone. A lot of the time there are opportunities out there where you can grow along with another company. If you have that approach, you often will get, you know, grow faster uh, get further faster. But I, I do think a lot of companies short shortcut the research phase when really they shouldn't because that's where they can seize their unique opportunities by seeing where the, the market is underserved. Uh, but aside from that, you know, it's knowing how to win the battle, right? So where can I make the biggest impact online? Who needs what I'm offering? Understanding that landscape is so crucial and how you attack it. Well, thank you so much, Anne, for coming on the show. Tell us where we can find you. You can find me at annebot.com, A-N-N-E-B-O-T, or annebot all over the web. Thank you so much. And I'm going to look more at that chat GPT. So thank you again for, for coming on the show and educating us. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Thank you all so much for tuning in today. I want to wish you all that celebrate a very happy Easter. To check out my guest or next week's guest, go to my website, wakeupwithmarcy.com for more information. Remember to be kind to yourself and kind to others. Have an amazing week and I'll see you next weekend.